and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another week in the life of TV My Husband Hates. I am joined by Regan as ever. How are you? I'm good. I'm kind of excited about this being our last podcast of 2020. I know. I mean, this is my last day working and the last eight weeks for me have been absolutely slack. Like I have never worked as hard as I have in the last eight weeks, which is obviously great. I'm very grateful, but I am so ready to not be creative. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I it's just exhausting. Like I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, I literally have nothing left. Yeah. Like there's no more jokes inside the body of cat Sims. There's no more jokes. There's no more, um, no more humor, clever, humor no reels. I need a, a hot minute just to like <laughs> refine my funny. Yeah. No, I hear you. Cause I, this is the first time since starting my business that I am being, that I'm like having a cutoff period and taking a vacation for the last two weeks, like to have Christmas and, you know, be more present with my family. So this week for me has been like the week of like getting everything lined up so that everything is seamless for my clients. And that's why there are no stories this week on our Instagram page, because Them's that ball the had to be dropped. It's just, it's just the, it was a plastic <laughs> ball. You could drop it. It wasn't a glass ball. Clients are a glass ball. For sure. Podcast stories, plastic ball. You can drop that shit. Don't worry yeah. about it, babe. So That's it happened. It um, and I think we'll be more on it next year, but I'm, ex- I'm excited for 2020 to be over. Gotta say. <laughs> I mean, I am too, but I think we are all holding this like false hope that t- oh, yeah. like 2021 is going to come around and we're going to be like, woohoo. No, I'm glad that's over. And it'll be another day. <laughs> another day. 2020 part two. At a um, certain tier or we have levels in Colorado. So it'll probably just be another day at level three. I mean, I think we're going to go into lockdown in January, but I don't want to say it because that, that's like the worst I news. don't. I don't think we're going to do another. I don't think at least Colorado will do a full lockdown like we did before. I think there's a lot of, I mean, not to get too political. There's like too much backlash from people um, as far as like the lockdowns go. I don't know. I don't know what they'll do. I mean, they'll just put us on like the higher levels where like restaurants can only serve 5% of their, like two people in their building and things like that. Like they'll, they'll do it that way rather than fully locked out. Well, we're in tier three, which means that restaurants, pubs, bars, all the hospitality stuff is shut, but like gyms are still open and hairdressers are still open. And I get it. Like it's hard, but I don't mind it because it means that I can justify takeaway now because like Jimmy always used to get really mad with me because he'd be like, we've got loads of fucking food in the fridge. Like, why are you spending 25 quid on a takeaway? Now I go, because I'm supporting local businesses. <laughs> That's, That's what awesome. I, I'm supporting our hospitality industry. Yeah. It's Wouldn't really you want some, you know, it's, that's my excuse. For sure. It's really interesting what they're doing here because obviously in the summer when everything was locked down, it was a lot easier because then restaurants could just like open up outside and people could sit outside. It was all fine. Well, now it's obviously snowing. So loads of restaurants have done these like plastic bubbles. So essentially you're like eating in like a, uh, a snow globe. And there's no. like heaters and blankets on the inside. So there's like this whole uh, list of which restaurants are doing that. So I think we're going to try to do that over the Christmas holidays. Go eat in one of these little like 
plastic bubbles sitting outside. Oh, that's cool. There's a company that, that um, uh, I think it's called the Little Glamping Company. There you go. There's a shout out for you. Um, but they come and set up those little igloos in your garden. That's awesome. So you can, for like special events, have like, or special occasions, even though you can't go out to a restaurant, you can like create this cool little thing in your garden and, you know. That's awesome. Do all that stuff. It's really cool. I um, like the creativity coming out of businesses during the pandemic. I don't like why they have to, but I think it's cool to see some business evolution going on or some creative I, ideas. I agree. Listen, the key to a successful business is solving a problem. And God only knows 2020 has had its fair (laughs) share of fucking problems. So it doesn't surprise me that people are making money in 2020. That's great and good on them. Um, But I just feel for the people that are fucking fucked up the ass. Excuse me. There's no other way to put it. Absolutely. Um, With our weekly COVID dissection done, why don't we move on to what everybody's here for, which is, of course, the latest uh, from all of our reality TV shows. And first up is The Return of Atlanta. First week was last week. Here we are, second week. And we finally get to meet a couple of new, well, one new peach and a friend. For sure. So the friend is, what, LaToya? Yeah. And the peach is Miss Drew. What were your first thoughts, Reagan Kempton? I am not a fan of Toya. I appreciate that she is on the show because I think she's going to fuck some shit up. Yeah. And she definitely says what's on her mind, but I don't particularly like her. Like, she would not be someone I would hang out with. Drew, no. I would hang out with for sure. Like, I think she's interesting. I think she's grounded. We'll touch on her marriage a little bit later. Yeah, we're going to come to that next. <laughs> I mean, I feel a bit the same. I feel like Latoya is fun, but she's a bitch. Like, she's like 100% sure. that bitch and she- not in a good Lizzo way. Like, in no. a, like, she's going to fucking cut you away. What was that girl last season that was super bitchy that came on and was like, you don't know me to, um... Oh. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Like, she went to college with, um... Eva. Oh yeah, Leti- Letitia. T- t- mm. Anyway, I know who you mean. She reminds me of her. Like it's that same kind of energy that yeah. she brings to the table. It's just a bit volatile, isn't it? Yes. It's a bit like it's like you don't quite know whether she's just going to come at you for no, no. Good goddamn reason. She, I at mean, all. she could hug you or shiv you. Yeah, fifty-fifty she either could. way. <laughs> you'd for never sure. know. You'd see, and you'd see neither of them coming. For sure, no. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Latoya's great for the show, but like keep her six feet, 65 feet away from me. Yes. And Drew, I- I'm with you. Like she seems sweet. Um, I- you know, I love Kenya's different reaction to both of them. Like she brings Latoya in, like she welcomes Latoya in like an old friend, right? Which was and so even weird. Cynthia's like, like that's not Kenya's MO. So weird. But then Drew turns up and she's like, what is Cynthia doing with all these waifs and strays? And of course, it's because Drew's a proper actress, you know, and right. actually has a proper <laughs> career. And Kenya's just fucking annoyed about that. Yeah, yeah. But it's so obvious. I'm like, come on, like. Well, part of me is like, Kenya, you need to talk about this issue in therapy. Because I know you, you have to be going to therapy to deal with this crazy shit with your husband. Please deal with this shit as well. Like your weirdness with your girlfriends, like this weird jealousy. She's so threatened. 100% totally gets in the way of you making any real connections with other women. And that's who you need in your life right now. Yeah. I mean, she, 
Kenya has always been two people for me. Like there is the Kenya that I really, really like. And you see that vulnerable side to Kenya where, you know, she would, she, she's a product of her environment and the marriage that she ended up in was because of her insecurities and her need to be accepted and not abandoned. And, uh, and that's really sad. And I can really appreciate Kenya for that. And I think she's been quite open and vulnerable and honest about that. But then I just see the conniving, manipulative, bitchy Kenya. And I just, just makes me sad but it's in good news i think she's decided that she is going to move forward with the next step towards divorce which is custody and i I mean it's going to be messy isn't it yeah i mean thank god she's made the decision i can't believe like i find it so far out of my realm of understanding that there would be someone in this relationship that is just fine with the way it is like he doesn't make any moves to like further to divorce or reconcile. Like he's, I feel he's totally happy with their relationship as it is right now. Like her living in Atlanta, him being in New York, he can see the baby whenever he wants and he can treat her like shit. Well, and I think he doesn't want the hassle of getting divorced, the expense of getting divorced. I'm sure he's just shagging as many women as he wants to in New York. And I think it's just an avoidance of hassle and responsibility for him. He's like, fuck it. I can do what I like. Um, and, the, and she's right. She says, I'm taking my life back. And that's what she has to do. He's not going to give it back to her. She has no. to fight him for it. And I feel like she got a little bit of her fight back. You know, we titled the episode last week, You Need to Get Find Your Fight Dog. And I think she has a little bit. Making that decision seems to have instigated that energy in her. So, well, she, yeah. To be honest, even seeing her going for Drew a little bit made me a little bit happy because at least there's like something going on in Kenya. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's it was a, a glimmer bit of, of the her old coming Kenya. back out. Yeah, exactly. So um, <clears throat> we'll, we'll see. Keep, yeah, we'll have to keep but, an eye out on that. I mean, talking of shonky marriages, though, let's discuss Drew and Ralph. Now, I was a little bit taken aback by this. I was super taken aback because I feel like Ralph is two people. Like we see him talking to Mike about how much he loves her and how excited he is about their anniversary. And then he like does this whole meal for Drew and does all this. But then like they sit down and it's like the nice part is over. I will do what I like. And I just to go back to uh, the conversation with him and Mark, uh, Mike, sorry, I really appreciated that conversation. I thought it was really cool to see a kind of real conversation about how hard marriage is and about how he struggles and all of this stuff um, between two guys, you know, who I I thought that was great, right? Yeah. I was like, this is refreshing. Um, But then the, the Ralph we got at the dining table was actually quite, terrifying it was creepy as fuck man like if my husband (laughs) just left the house and but didn't even tell me he was leaving didn't even tell me he was leaving the house and just fucked off for three days we would have a problem i mean she doesn't even seem to have that much of a problem she's just like can you tell me where you were i mean that would be like bottom of the fucking list of things to discuss as far as I'm concerned I'd be like I don't really care where the fuck you were I want to know why the fuck you left without telling me left me with three children didn't call me let me know when you were coming back and just decided to fuck off and just drive to Florida 
I mean, it's, it's fucking weird. Out. It is weird. And what's and what really annoyed me, obviously, we you know, it's like yeah. we see this so much. Right. He like makes her out to be crazy for not for like expecting to know. He's like, this is what you don't understand men. You don't understand black men. This is what we do. Um, and it's her fault. Like, and he yeah. was like, nobody's going to put up, nobody else is going to put up with your shit. And I just thought. I could probably uh, make you a list of how many people would be with that woman. Oh yeah. And I can make you a list of how many people would be with him after watching that episode. For and sure. They're two very fucking different lists. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. FYI. Um, God, I hope she leaves him. Well, I and I kind of understand. Else. I understand why her mom has a fucking issue with him. Like if. I was in the house with my kid and their husband treated them that way. I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be pissed even if it wasn't my kid. If I was in a house with your kids and their husbands (laughs) were treating them that way, we'd have a problem. Listen, I'm pissed because he's treated her that way and I don't even know her. (laughs) For sure. This is the, it's so outrageous. And I can't think of any woman. No. Any woman who isn't in a toxic relationship who thinks that that is okay. Like, it's just not. How many men would be okay? Like, would he be fine with her just leaving for three days and, like... Yeah. I mean, listen... Say it's none of your business? Here's the thing. If he came to me and he's like, I'm really fucking struggling and I'm... I need a break. ...about to explode and I need a break, can I take a couple of nights? For sure. I'd be like, listen... Sure. Like, yeah. it's not great, but I get it. And you look after you. And then when you get back, I'll go, go. and we'll just get some <laughs> fucking time. Yeah. You know, that's a different conversation. For sure. But to just up and leave with no information at all. Like, just she made his dinner. Ship. She made him dinner. She, and she went and to he, take it to him. He wasn't there. Uh, yes. <laughs> Casper the fucking friendly ghost. Yes. It's... it's bonkers to me that he even and then to sit on like television right and think that he this is a legit thing to that say he's in the like, right like that yes. he's gonna have loads of people behind him saying yes yeah. yes we all we are all 100 behind you like that, <laughs> that is crazy drew everybody oh, thinks you're fucking crazy <laughs> i mean the man is fucking deluded oh, it's nuts dude it's nuts it is. Like, well, funnily enough, like Jimmy obviously doesn't watch any of this stuff, but he right. was putting his trainers on to go for a run while I was sitting on my ass in like yesterday's tracksuit. That's fine. You did your bike. Biscuits in my, I did. Like I do Don't my apologize. bike almost every day, except yeah. for the days that I'm hungover. So like three days a week. Um, anyway, so he was doing that and he was watching this particular scene at dinner and he just turned around to me and he went, he's fucking weird. I was like, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, perfect summation, Jimmy. He is fucking weird. But also, great to see it on it. It's like, I love watching this shit. I can't wait till the reunion comes, because you know Andy's going to, like, ask the other dudes, like, what do you think about this behavior? And it's going to be is this Is this what black men do? Like, right? I don't know. I'm only saying what he said. Yeah. You know, this is a... Pa- and it's just like... It's fucked up, I man. I mean, could you imagine if... um. What's his face? What's Candy's uh, Candy's husband's name? Todd. Todd. Like if Todd did that to Candy, Candy wouldn't be having that shit. Oh, she'd cut his nuts. He'd come off. back with the like the doors, the locks changed. He wouldn't even yeah, be able to get be back out. in the house. No. And I think that's what you do. If your husband does that to you, you change the locks so he can never come back in. Yeah. You. you yeah. I mean, I can't even think what I I would I would be apoplectic, apoplectic with rage. 
Like I would be the Reagan rage I, monster that nobody has ever seen before. Like, yeah, it would it be a whole new me level. To even think of that. And you know what? I think I might. I think it would. I think I could legitimately say if anything would drive me to like murder yeah. somebody, that would be it. And I don't think a fucking judge in the land would put send me down for it. No. I think they'd be like, you were totally justified in this action. Yeah. Yeah. Justifiable homicide. A hundred percent. Yeah. Totally. Um, anyway, let's move on and just touch <laughs> before we leave Atlanta on Portia and Dennis. Now, I love Portia and obviously we talked a lot about her growth last week. Yeah. But I think what's so interesting is like to see what Portia's doing in the wake of George Floyd and the support of the BLM movement versus like what fucking Cynthia's doing, which is like, and all in the name of the movement, I just chose all these black owned wines. It's like, yeah, okay, like, fine. If that's your box ticked, Cynthia, then good on you. But <laughs> well, actually, I feel like let's- a lot of the other women are that way. Like, yes, is really the only one that's really out there fighting, getting arrested, like doing her thing because she wants to make it a better place for her daughter. And I think that's fucking badass. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if I am anybody to question anybody's like commitment to the cause or whatnot, but it's like you all have these amazing platforms. Yeah. That could make a real fucking difference. And it's just great to see Portia doing that. And um and I think it's probably put quite a lot of things into perspective, as has quarantining. And obviously she talks about how this has affected everything with Dennis and she's really enjoyed having him support her in the kind of protesting um, and supporting uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. But it looks like quarantine took its toll on their relationship. And I really empathise with what she was saying about this. You know, when she's like, pre-COVID, things weren't a big issue. Right. like, during covid you haven't tidied up the living room he's like she's like that's a fucking big issue and it is and it's really you know we've talked about this but absolutely she didn't feel kept in mind right and and it's so oh it's so common i mean it's almost like they have a long distance relationship like yeah and i i i've never really had major long distance relationships but i did live overseas for my family for six years and that was a long distance relationship so, like, when we would come back for a week out of the year, shit didn't really bother us. Because a lot of that stuff is like, oh, I'm not going to pick a fight about this because I only see them seven days out of the year. So, let's just enjoy these seven days and then we'll go back to our lives and it's not a big deal. But then when you move back and you have to live near those people, <laughs> then you actually have to deal with all the, like, the fucking things that irritate you about them that you haven't dealt with for six years. And I feel like this is where Portia and Dennis are now. Like... A lot of the stuff, they hadn't really got it figured out, but like, you know, it was fine because he also had the house in Atlanta, so he'd just go. So she could do her thing and he could do his thing. Now they're fucking forced to like be together and they're going to have to face some of this shit. Well, and I think it was the same for all of us. Like I actually live with Jimmy, yeah, but it was still a bit like going from a long distance relationship to like. 20, I mean, nobody just spends no. 24 hours a day, seven days a week in the house with their other half. So even for people who are already living together, that pressure was fucking immense. Because oh. when we were out at work or we're doing our own thing or we're exes, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. So for, to be not living together and, and then be in quarantine, plus the added pressure, the fact that there's a fucking pandemic going on, nobody knows what the hell's going to happen. Well, and, and they're coming off of him cheating on her and they're doing therapy to even fix the stuff that's already there. 
Yeah, I mean, he's lucky to fucking be there in the first place. He is. Frankly. Yeah. Um, But we'll see. I mean, I think Portia has always, for reasons that I am yet to ascertain, has always seemed to just fall hard for Dennis. So I actually don't see it being fully over yet, but we'll see. You know, I think I would be more skeptical. I was more skeptical like last season, whereas this season... I think Portia's changing in a lot of different ways. And it wouldn't yeah. surprise me Maybe. that if Dennis doesn't fucking shape up, she's going to ship him out. Like, I feel yeah. like that may be where she's at right now with all of her protesting. We see how, how much her mom, like, comes and takes care of PJ when she wants to go do this stuff. Like, her mom is very supportive of what she's doing. I think her mom would be fine if she's like, look, Dennis is out. Help me co-parent this child. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. Maybe she'll just outgrow him. We'll see. While we've got you here, we'd love to talk to you about our brand new Patreon account. Woohoo! It's all the extra content that is not only about reality TV, but all the other TV that we happen to be watching. And if that wasn't cool enough, we also give away a little bit more about ourselves. So there's lots of personal stuff on there too, if you want to get to know us better. So head on over to patreon.com, search for TV My Husband Hates, and all this extra content can be yours for less than a cup of coffee. Or a glass of wine. Whatever you choose. Okay, so let's get back into it and head over to Below Deck, which we have both been vaguely disappointed with this season. But I mean, I would say this episode was slightly more exciting. I mean, it definitely got spicier without COVID, so maybe it's proving (laughs) us wrong. (laughs) Well, first of all, no big surprises or shocks here, but Shane found himself out of a job and yet still in his like embarrassingly optimistic... Yeah, deemed it a success overall. Oh, yeah, I can't even, I can't even address him. Like, it wasn't a success. You lied your way onto a boat and you didn't even really try. Like, I know. Fuck off, dude. Um, Next up for maybe being fired, Paul, and then poor Francesca tries to get rid of Elizabeth, but obviously it's not a great time because no. you just, <laughs> I mean, and this is pre the actual drama that happens. So, Basically, Shane goes, Elizabeth, uh, Francesca starts to obviously go, oh, well, maybe this is a great time for me to get Elizabeth fired. Captain Lee's in the firing mood. Right, Let's see if I can get this. Captain Lee's like, look, we've already lost one. We can't lose another. Yeah. Francesca's pissed. Um, Because to be fair, she has been complaining about her for kind of weeks now to him. Like, it's been almost the same situation as Shane was for Eddie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think she's slightly more competent than Eddie is, but uh, sorry, than Shane is. Oh, for sure. But I also think it's just partly a personality clash between Elizabeth and Francesca. Like, I do think Elizabeth is a little bit lame, but I think that her, whenever they try to like communicate about it, they just wind each other the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I definitely think it's more of a personality thing. Um, I'm also a little more team Francesca than I am team Elizabeth on this one because I yeah, feel like there are a lot of times where Francesca is very clear about what needs to happen and just like it doesn't happen for yeah. kind of no reason. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating. No, I'm to with watch. you, and I I think she'll I think she'll go eventually. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We do. Um, 
Of course, the real drama kicks off. And I knew, I always knew it was going to be Rachel that would bring it. Right? We knew that off the bat. She was going to break eventually. (laughs) So, firstly, she's drinking all day, right? Yeah. And then, like, she starts in the night out, right? Yes. And then she goes back on it when she's hungover. Right. Got it. Yeah. So she has a massive, massive night out. She decides she just wants to get hammered. She's obviously missing her boyfriend. Now, I think Rachel is slightly is wired emotionally slightly differently. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, she's, I'm not saying she's batshit crazy, but I'm saying that she's, she's She's operating on what I would say is slightly different frequency. Yeah. Like she is a chef. Like, let's not forget. (laughs) Yeah. She's like legit chef. chef. She is very, very creative, very attention detailed. I don't think she's great with the emotional side of things. And I think, you know, she's got this boyfriend who loves her, understands her creativity and her specialness and not having him. Her specialness. Yeah. I think she's a little bit autistic, right? It's a little bit of the autistic thing in there. I don't know. Like if we're on a sliding scale, there's something closer to that, that I would say. She's more on the side of attention to detail than human emotion. Yes. For sure. Would do that. Then she, so obviously she gets drunk and then she wakes up, she's hungover, and gets straight back on it, as far yeah. as I could tell. Yeah, no, she immediately went up to the Sky Lounge and, like, opened a bottle of champagne and started yeah. drinking. And then she gets Francesca all riled up because she tells Francesca, yes, now's the time to go and fire Elizabeth. I support you. Then Elizabeth comes and talks to her, and Rachel just says, oh, well, you should probably go and talk to Captain Lee. <laughs> Francesca's like, hang on a minute, what? You've just told me to go and fire her? I mean, Francesca, I'm with Francesca. At this point, everybody's tired. Everybody's hungover. She's fed up of Elizabeth's shit. Yeah. Drunk Rachel is just fucking <laughs> throwing it all over the place. Yeah. I'd be fucking overboard by now if I was I Francesca, mean, ultimately, none of us appreciate the drunk person when you're not the one drinking. Like, let, like that's a fact. No. <laughs> Nobody well, appreciates drunken antics when you are hungover and trying to get work done. <laughs> no. They're not so funny. No, nobody's into that. Um... I have been that person a number of times. I'm oh, sure you're not surprised. Yeah. Um, anyway, this all culminates with the preference sheet meeting to end all preference sheet meetings. And uh, they are demand, let's say demanding. I mean, it is oh, ridiculous what's on this preference That preference sheet. sheet is fucking crazy. Like not even what it, they've only talked about it. I've seen it posted. And like some of the other stuff is like, one of the things was like, Every time somebody wakes up, there will be a chef-created specialty on the bedside table. Like, they are batshit fucking nuts. Well, I think I want to know that more because I feel like we need more of this because I don't think Rachel... I mean, I think she was on the edge anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I think this tipped it. But I think it just sounded like just a long list of lots of food requirements. But actually, I think it was a lot more. Like, I think that their expectations were not just unreasonable, but fucking unrealistic. I mean, they think they're the Sultan of Brunei and that these people are only on the planet to live and serve while they are on this boat. Yeah, which is not reasonable. I'll try to find it and post it so everybody can see it. But it's definitely more crazy than what we saw on the show. So I kind of understood her outburst a little bit better once I saw that. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, because she really did. I mean, she she 
This is why I she love Rachel. She said, eat my cooter to Captain Lee. <laughs> she said, go fuck yourself <laughs> to Captain Lee. I mean, she backtracked a little bit and was like, oh, I didn't mean you. I think she did mean him. Um, but the weird thing about was how he handled it as well. Like, he was the most calm I've ever seen that man react to somebody saying that shit to him. I know I'd rather not. But I honestly think he sees something in Rachel. Like, I think there is a self-assuredness and a, and a maturity in Rachel that yeah. he can sort of respect. She's, she's not a little kid and he really respects her as a chef. Like, we've heard yeah. him say she is hands down the best chef he's ever seen. Right. So I think there's an element of respect there that allows her to kind of react. Overstep like, I don't think anybody else would really get away <laughs> no. with it. But like... I think he was also surprised. Like, I don't think anybody has ever spoken to him that way ever on the boat over the preference sheet. And I think it took him off guard. And so he just kind of reacted in a really like calm way. Like he just didn't. I mean, it took everybody off guard. Like, (laughs) like credit where credit's due. She recognized her worth and decided that she didn't want to be treated like that. And I have to agree. Like, I want to see the preference sheet because I think that makes it clearer, her reaction. Right, right, for sure. I mean, it just, it fucking blew my my brain box. The way, like... Love it. Just the things that she said, but also the way Captain Lee handled it. And she was just like, no, I'm done. I'm not doing it. Yeah, when he's like, could you just do like lunch and first dinner? She's like, no. No, No, I don't think I can. No. Do you mind if I now go and pack? He's like... (laughs) Okay. I mean, I have no idea how they're going to get out of this. Captain Lee is going to have to pull a chef out of his ass. I mean, how are they going to fix Someone's this? Do you think pancakes. they're going to cancel the charter? I think they do, but I think for different reasons. I don't <gasps> think they can't, like, just seeing the previews. I think the guests do something really fucked up. Because I, I think Captain Lee already knows these guests are going to be a huge pain in the ass. And, like, I'm here to, like, watch how big of a pain in the ass they are. But I think they do something where he's like, no, we're, we're turning around. He kicks them off the boat. I think so. And there was a lot of chatter on social media that, like, this was the first time. But I think Captain Lee canceled the charter because of drug use before. First, like, first, season. first season. First season, first episode, I think, yeah. actually. They well, guy no, had- so it would be second season because he wasn't the captain the first season of Below oh, Deck. Oh, yeah, it there was, was that other captain. weird guy. So it was like, I think season two of below deck but his first season i think he turned about around so yeah we shall see um what's gonna happen with miss rachel and covid and the below deck crew but fuck this this outburst alone made me more interested in this show for sure oh yeah i was thank god because i was ready to suck it off yeah um let's move on to the oc where COVID is really causing all sorts of chaos. It is fucking some shit up in California, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's really fucking up everything around the world, but... I mean, not unle- not if you're Kelly, obviously. No. Kelly's like, it's not a big deal. Everybody just needs to chill the fuck out. Just be a little um, careful and wash your hands. Everything will be fine. Yeah, no problem. Um, not fine for Shane, though. No. I know. Emily and Shane are in the wars. I feel for Emily, man. Like, oh, man. she's got a husband that can't breathe. She's got three kids. She's exhausted because she's got mild COVID, but still fucking yeah. wipe you out COVID. Right. Um, and it all just feels a bit too fucking much. It's the COVID parent nightmare that you both it get is. sick and nobody's there to watch the children. 
Though yeah. I guess somebody had to be watching the kids because she took them to the hospital and the kids were. Well, in the I car. saw that. I figured that. I figured what she must have done with the kids. But then maybe that was just an emergency. Like I have yeah. to take him I to hospital. She, You're going to have to take the kids. Yeah, because like they live near his family. Like we've seen his parents in episodes before. So part of me wonders if she was just like, I have to take him to the hospital. Someone has to come watch them. Maybe who knows? But yeah. um, I mean, I think we can assume he eventually comes through. But he is really poorly. Um, He's very fucking and- sick, and it's scary. Yeah, it's scary, which obviously means that Emily misses the trip to Lake Arrowhead, which looks beautiful. I love a lake. Looks gorgeous. No sharks or jellyfish in a lake. No, but really dirty water. Really dirty, like mucky water that you can't see through. It depends on the lake. I've been on like glacial lakes. Oh, yeah, I mean, glacial lakes are different, (laughs) but we're talking like mountain lakes in fucking California. (laughs) (laughs) They're dark and people have died there. (laughs) Um. Anyway, they go on this Lake Arrowhead trip, which is organized by Elizabeth. House is okay. I mean, it's beautiful location, but it looks a little bit it's tired. It's dated. And then a bit dated, and it's obviously infested with oh, something. God, those poor, bugs. Poor Gina. Poor Gina. The one time she gets the master bedroom, and it's fucking bug infestation 2020. Not cool. The bugs um, were self-isolating. What can you say? They were. And Bronwyn comes. Now, here's the thing. Like, I don't know whether she's required, because she signed up to do the show, she's required to, like, turn up to these events and these trips and things. But there is part of me that's like, Bronwyn, stop putting yourself in this situation. I think, it's a, I think it's a little column A, a little column B. Like, I think she is obligated to do a certain amount of, like, filming with other people. I also think she's like, I mean, I think there is a point in your sobriety, though, like, you have to go do those things. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's yeah. hard, but like, you can't just hide in your house forever. You're like nice, yeah. non-alcoholic bubble. Like you do have to have normal interaction and learn how to cope and deal in those situations. Right. Like that's a lot of I recovery mean, is learning how to deal with things again. Yeah. That, but also there is an element of cutting out the people that are toxic to you. And, you know, I think Kelly is incredibly toxic for her. Yeah. Kelly's just a... She's a dick. Like, she really is, on a number of occasions in this particular episode, really fucking unlikable. I mean, Um, let's just talk about the amount of bottles of alcohol for three people, for, like, three people who are drinking. I mean, you and I drink a lot, but I don't think our table has ever looked like that for a weekend of just you and I. No, we'd never get through, like... 12 bottles of vodka no like it's it's insane yeah um but also it's like but as i'm sure you're sort of alluding to like even if you were going to have a massive night like you've also got a not an alcoholic there so why overdo it do you know right. what i mean you could just be a little bit more subtle tempered tame about it and Put still it get off your cabinet tit. like not but, have it on yeah. the table put it away i don't i but mean i don't know no, but she's goading. I think she's goading yeah. and testing and poking the fucking alcoholic bear. And, yeah. and it's not kind. It's not. And I and Bronwyn's not in a position of strength at all. And while I don't really like anybody actually on the show right now, really, no. maybe apart from Gina. Yeah. Um, and Emily. I think I kind of like Emily. Oh, and Emily. Yeah. I do feel for Bronwyn in the, in the Bronwyn-Kelly dynamic. For sure. Because, I mean, Kelly's being a dick. And she's being a dick on purpose. And it's just not, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, it's not kind. It's not supportive. It's not, it's not human. No, it's not human. You're right. And then, of course, we get 
Kelly politically as well. I mean, this was hilarious. She's like, Rick's daughter called him a conservative. He's not conservative. And then went on to spout fucking right. conservative the shit. The conservative manifesto. Yeah. Their pledge. <laughs> I mean, is that what conservative... Do you think these people that, like, believe in you know, that support Trump and all the rest of it. Do you think they think I'm super conservative or do you think they think they're actually pretty cool? So I think in the in the camp of conservatives, you have the uber Trump supporters who don't think about anything. They just blindly follow, in my opinion. Yeah. Then you have the other ones who who are conservatives. Like they're fiscal, they believe in fiscal conservativeness. They believe in history. You know, they're not evil people. Like, they just, you know, feel like we shouldn't be spending a lot of money on, you know, domestic services and, you know, we should be Poor putting people. more into business because <laughs> it's better for the economy. No, I mean, I think there's some conservatives no, not, that uh, do yeah. care about people. But for her to say that Rick Leventhal, who is the anchor person of Fox News, is not conservative is ridiculous. Like you can be conservative in your politics and be a freak in the sheets as I think she was alluding to, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, just because like, I don't, I don't know if Kelly understands, like just cause you're conservative doesn't mean you do it missionary style. You know what? Like, yeah. And and also let's Kelly is not that smart, but like really lays into Bronwyn and says, you know, she's not college educated. She's not this, that, and the other, Yeah, you know, and let's, let's be real. I don't think Kelly was breaking any fucking records at Arizona state. Dude, Arizona State is a party school. Everybody yeah, knows like, that. Let's let's be clear about who's yeah. who's got more intelligence here. It's definitely Bronwyn. Like right. I'm going to be honest about it. Um, and it's not just because I agree with Bronwyn on a more of a political level either. Right, like, right. Kelly has always been pretty but dumb. I don't know I'm if I would it. call her dumb. Like I don't think I would take it that far. Like I think. Because I think she's quite smart in business. I think there's a lot of stuff we don't see on the show. I think she, she has street smarts, but I don't think she's got book smarts. I think, I think she's a politics cover cover a lot of what she says, and she comes off really stupid. I mean, like with the pandemic stuff, she definitely was being an idiot, but she was being more her political self. I feel like her politics cover a lot of what she says and doesn't let you show how smart she actually is. Or she's a fucking, she does all this on purpose. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I think there have Um, been dumber people on the housewife shows for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of any right now, but yes, for sure. Mind you, I don't think Ramona's very smart either. No, but I think she's probably, yeah, anyways. Anyway, let's, anyway. Um, so Elizabeth decides not to uh, confront Bronwyn on the whole sleuthing thing. Now, I think this sleuthing on Bronwyn's part is fucking weird. It's super fucking weird because it goes to the step of hiring a fucking private detective. It's not just yeah. like internet stalking, which let's be real, we've all done at one point in time. Maybe not to like dig up dirt on our friends because that's no. weird. But um, maybe to like, I don't know, pseudo cyber stalk a celebrity or whatever. We've all done something like that, right? But I feel it's a real misstep for Elizabeth not to confront Bronwyn on this because it's fucking weird. Well, I don't know whether it's, I sort of agree. I don't know whether it's a misstep or whether she just made 
like a smart choice because I don't think Bronwyn would have been in like, Bronwyn. It's not a safe place for Bronwyn. So she's fucking firing on all cylinders. Like she's in defense mode. So right. I don't think it would have been a constructive conversation. I don't know if that's the reason why Elizabeth didn't do it. I think she yeah. chickened out actually, but I do think at the end of the day, it was the right decision to not do it there. But I do think she needs to challenge her on it because like you say, that's a real invasion and violation. And even though Elizabeth hasn't always been straightforward, I think we can all agree that we've understood why. Like she's, right. yes, she should have just not fucking spoken about it if she couldn't, but she she just fudged it a bit. Yeah. Now I think we're going to get more of the story. But for Bronwyn to be going that far is crazy. It's like single white female crazy. A hundred percent. I don't think we've ever seen somebody go that in depth into somebody else's background on the show. No. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Elizabeth didn't bring it up because she didn't want to like hurt Bronwyn. Like I think she feels Bronwyn's in a very vulnerable state. So she was trying to do the right thing. I just don't necessarily know if it was the right thing. Like, I think you're right. I think she does eventually need to address this because it crosses a line. And I think if, if Bronwyn was to talk about this in one of her meetings, people would be like, like, that's not sober behavior. No. No, but I think Gina really nails it when she's like, you know, the fact is I don't think Bronwyn is good at idling. Like she is, she, she is constantly on the move. Like she always has like a slight twitch or she doesn't like sitting still. So I think maybe this was just, she needs a fidget spinner or something. She she needs a fidget spinner. (laughs) Like put down the private investigator and pick up the fidget spinner. Yeah. Learn to cross stitch, do a craft. I mean, there are are healthier ways to channel this energy than trying to dig up shit on people you're on a show with. <laughs> Go and have a wank, babe. Like that that's hey. a perfect way to get rid of that energy. Yeah. There's nothing like an afternoon wank to calm you right the fuck down. Absolutely. Go work out in your home gym. Do something. Yeah. Um and then of course just quickly before we leave we've got Shannon who's homesick while her three kids who look fine to me uh, yeah. are also um living at the life of Riley. So here's well, the thing. Why the don't those girls have to be with their dad? Only one of them is like over 18. Oh, because I think because they're sick, so they can't send they can't send the girls into a non-sick house. So they've left the girls to quarantine. Because all three of them have yeah. tested positive. So they've left them there. Shannon's moved right, right. out of the house of d- disease, the den of disease. And so they're just there on Having their own. Time. They had like the teenager version of COVID. Yeah, I mean, they're just all tired. I would have preferred that version. Yeah. Um, But it still doesn't stop Shannon from trying to micromanage their lives. I was like, oh my God, woman, stop. Just let them go. Stop. Just let them fucking go. They're the ones that got themselves sick. Let them get themselves better. Like, they're not baby. They're not like babies. No, 100% these kids are old enough to manage this shit by themselves. Just put the computer down, sit back, have some sex, drink some wine. Right? Just you're right on the beach like fucking do the fun stuff leave the kids alone yeah shannon needs to learn how to like dial down dial from an 11 <laughs> let go i mean i'd be happy with a nine from shannon but like it, it, just chill the yeah. fuck out i know she's exhausting um let's move on to salt lake city and talking of like exhausting let's just get this rant out of the way about brooks the most spoiled self-indulged kid in the world he's not even a kid this is one of my like points of issue with this show (laughs) he is 21 years old he's not a kid 
Like, nope. stop it. A lot yeah. of 21 year olds are out there like working real jobs and paying their own bills. Yeah. I know Scott he's not. So maybe that's where the line is a little blurred that he is acting like a baby. So we have to treat him like a baby. But if I have to hear his whiny entitlement anymore, I'm going to lose my shit. Me too. I mean, I can't agree. I, I couldn't agree more. He can't turn up on time. He is spoiled. He keeps whinging about the fact that his dad's not there. Never once does Meredith step up and explain why his dad's not there. She lets him take the fall for it. Like he can't come. He's working when actually he can't come because you've asked for space. He, you don't want him there. I'm really um, glad you made that point. Cause it was something that I didn't really, that didn't click in my brain um, until you said it. And I was like, holy shit, like he's just doing what she asked him to do. Like she asked him yeah. to give her space. So like he's doing the best dadding he can while giving hundred percent. And and for Brooks to just keep going on and it's like my six-year-old. Yeah. Why can't you be that? You said you'd be that. Nice to think nice to know you take my feelings seriously. Oh, fuck off. Like just right. go under a rock and just hibernate until I am you are out of my way I cannot with him I can't no no fucking go back to school do you know what go back to college get a fucking degree stop trying to be a fame whore on a reality tv show that your mum is contracted on (laughs) and get out of my fucking living room preach preach because if I I was his mum I'd be like get your ass back to school This is the thing, because you know damn well, for her to start her own business, she had to fucking turn up shit on time and bust her motherfucking ass. It it really rankles me when I see super successful women not holding their kids to like have to work just as hard as they did. Like I get, give them a little bit more of, you know what you can to like help them get a leg up. Like give, let him design some clothes for you. Fine. But he, he needs to fucking be on time to shit. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, and be like, in school. Yeah. Like, he needs I, to work for this. Like, don't hand it to him. It wasn't handed to you. Let's all make some weird work. dynamic. It's a weird dynamic it between is. them. It isn't a parent. It no. isn't a parent-son relationship. It, it is a bit like, a, it's almost a bit like a boyfriend. It's like an it's equal. Codependent. It's codependent. It's codependent. And it's fucking weird. And she needs to put some fucking boundaries in and hold him accountable and stop babying him. God. Oh, I can't. Yeah. It's the worst. He is the worst. Um, I really enjoyed, I mean, as ever, I love Heather, but I really enjoyed her chat with Whitney. I also love Whitney. She is like stealth smart. Like she's a goddess. She is. Um, And I feel for Heather, like she's a certain age. She's looking for a guy. She doesn't want to get into the Mormon thing, but she lives in Salt Lake City. Um, It must be really tough for her. I think she's lonely. It's got to be a massive fucking game drain if like your dating pool is a man of a certain age in Salt Lake City. Well, and also if the bars don't even allow you to get hammered. Like how weird Uh, was that? I think it's criminal to water down drinks. And you know what? We have like... The bar that they went to is called the Punchbowl Social. And we have, we have two of them here in Denver. And, like, they definitely don't water down the drinks in Denver. So it's absolutely batshit crazy. Um, but, yeah, I feel for her. And she, she's just a sweetheart. And Whitney is lovely and empathetic and kind and gorgeous and all of these things that a lot of those other fucking women aren't. Um, no. They're great although, cousins. Although I have to say... 
Lisa, I, I didn't, I, I, I got to give her props, right? I did not hate Lisa in this episode. I thought the way she handled all those fucking events at Sundance was like a motherfucking boss because that shit is not easy. Nope. Stressful, troubleshooting, lots of fucking moving parts all at the same time. And I love that her husband is supportive of her in this because, like, she's very openly said, like, I just, like, I am not a mom during Sundance. Like, that that just doesn't happen. I don't take calls. I don't deal with any of that. So for me, like, that leads me to believe, A, like, they've got help, obviously, but also, like, he helps with that shit. And I think that's cool. Like, yeah, it's very cool to support your wife being a badass and doing her thing. And, I'll, you know, I don't know. I agree. I, I didn't hate her either. I was really impressed by, I'm always impressed by a woman who's fucking making their own shit happen. Um, I do think I didn't hate her because she didn't have any interaction <laughs> with the other women and didn't have time, a chance to be a cunt, basically. For sure. I'm sure she's going to come back to form in the next couple of episodes. Yeah. Um But Sundance Lisa, I can get on board with. Absolutely. I thought her events looked amazing. Um, The one that she, I wrote down the one that she did for the McMillions documentary, which is a fabulous documentary if you haven't watched it, about the little like uh, McDonald's giveaways. It's fabulous. But like what she did with it was very fucking cool and creative. And I was down with it. Yeah. Um, And then we end up with Jen's party, part of the Sundance Festival as well. She's obviously, last minute, puts on a fucking show. Um, Heather gets lucky. Yeah, good for Heather. And I thought Lisa handled that like a boss-ass friend. Like, what you do for your single friends is you find attractive, well-put-together people and you set them up. Jen, it was Jen, wasn't it? Yeah, did I say Lisa? You did, I meant Jen. Sorry. But yeah, like it's Jen's party. She knows everybody there. She went and found an attractive, put together dude and entered and was like, meet my friend Heather. You guys have a chat. That's what everybody needs to do for their like single badass friends. And Heather's game was strong. Like she fucking nailed that. That guy was, I don't think he was even remotely interested at first, but she fucking won him over in a heartbeat. Yep, she did. I was Personality fucking goes a long way. I'm taking some fucking notes. Not that Absolutely. I need them, apparently. Personality apparently and like confidence. Yeah, take those notes. Apparently you don't need game when you've got when you're married. <laughs> uh, we also had a little cameo by the oh, yes. uh, Utah Vanderpump girls. Katie and Lala are both from Utah, so they were at Sundance um, to, you know, name check Lala's new movie. But um yeah. I like those girls. I don't think we're going to... We Chances are we might not see them on the telly ever again. So no. that might be it. That might yeah. be it. They need to get where they can. So. They can. And then finally, let's move on to um, Southern Charm. Which was a little... Meh. Light this week. Light on the uh, issues. It was. I mean, I think we kicked off... It's interesting to kick off with Lever's chat about Catherine because I think she made some really good points about Catherine. She made some really good points about Catherine that I... I had thought of, but hadn't realized I thought of, if that makes any sense. So Leva talks about the barrage of Catherine being pretty much all up on her shit about how to not be racist, but then turned on her little baby girl voice to be like, oh, well, I just didn't know. And I was like, holy shit, she totally does that. And I had never really put it together, but it fucking bothers me. I think she comes, listen, I'm going to be blunt. I think she comes from a long line of women who aren't, like 
they're not people who make shit happen. They're not the leases of this world. You know, they're the people who marry the right people and they live very dainty, pleasant lives. And their only source of entertainment or fun is to perhaps just figure out how to get what they want out of life. And I think she just comes from a very manipulative, um, kind of toxic environment where she believes this is her superpower. This is how she gets stuff. And she also had to grow up really, really fast when she found herself in this awful relationship with Ravenel. And I think it's left her a little ill-equipped for real fucking life. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, like, this is what you do in high school, right? Like, high school and middle school. Like, you drop these little things about these rumors, and then you go, like, tell the boys something else, and then, like, you play everybody off each other. And and it's fun, and it's entertaining when you're 12. Yeah. Not when you're a mama of two in your 20s. Yeah, late 20s, let's be clear. You know, like, she's she's too old to be behaving like that. For sure. and I'm pleased that Danny's seeing through this and I'm pleased that the other people are supporting Danny and kind of standing up to her because I don't think Danny would have it in her to do it by herself. Right. right. Um, but I don't think Catherine is going to come out of this season well at all if she continues down the route she's she's, no. she's going down. I mean, Patricia is done with her once again and things are never that great when Patricia is done for you as we've seen through Catherine's life like when Patricia has not been a supporter things have not been amazing when Patricia has been a supporter she's done very well so we'll see what happens I don't know Um, man I don't know either but in in, uh, Shep on the other hand if we're talking about Catherine not growing up Shep on the other hand is really growing up thank god he is in therapy Thank God. And thank you God. know what? Thank God his therapist is a woman because I think that makes a difference to him, actually. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. And I think it's, I think that conversation that he has with Taylor is absolutely spot on. I, I think he had, he did the right thing. I don't think he should have been quarantining with her. Like, it's right. not about, like, let's just make out. We just don't right. know. But I, um, you know, I, I, don't think he delivered it properly and it's lovely to see a grown-up relationship taking place for sure he could have called her like i think part of the issue was he didn't even call her or facetime her the two weeks she was in quarantine like he just had nothing to do with her yeah i think that's where her issue stood and i didn't understand that last week when we were talking about it i thought she was being a bit of a baby but I feel like in this episode we hear someone be like he didn't even call like i think craig was like he didn't even call her So, like... Uh, Yeah, that's weird. You still have to talk to your girlfriend when she's sick. Like, you call, you check up on her. Like, that's the thoughtful thing to do. And I think that was kind of the basis of Shep was just being, like, super selfish and didn't keep her in mind. Yes. (laughs) There we are again. Um. But I am glad that they make it up. I like these two for each other. And I think Me it's, too. I think it's, yeah, I'm excited about this. Um, I love seeing a more evolved Shep. Like, I love I to see too. that it's possible. Like, look, he's putting in the work and it is possible to change and grow and evolve. Take notes. I mean, it shouldn't be until you're 42. No. Like, I feel like you should have pulled that out of the drawer a little bit sooner. But yeah. now that it's, ha- at least it's happening. Um, talking of people like, uh, uh, no, what's perpetual... Peter Pans. God, I yep. couldn't get that out for the no. life of me. You got there uh, in the end. You got there in the end. We've got Pringle dadding. I mean, you got to love this guy. I mean, yeah. It's lovable how 
messed up it would be if like, cause I'm like, okay, I have two boys. It's like, if my partner dadded that way, I would be fucking insane all the time. <laughs> like being the lone female voice. Like we have to eat fruits and vegetables. We have to do our homework. Well, like being the lone adult, like yeah. essentially that's what's happening. And For he's sure. fun dad and that's great. Well, he can be fun dad too, because he doesn't live with them and it's summer vacation. So like the whole scenario is set up for him just to be fun dad, which is a sweet ass position to be in. But eventually they've got to fucking do some reading and l- make their beds and like n- learn to not jump all over the furniture. Or scream in but- people's faces. But I also love the dynamic between him and his ex-wife. He's definitely got a type. I think that we can establish that. Um, And she was really, I think she just gets him. You know, she's like, this is the guy he is. And um, I have to roll with it. (laughs) Yeah. And she was like, I know how hard it is. Don't blame yourself. Like she, she recognizes it, even though her system is definitely more traditional. She's still not getting it right all the time either. So I really enjoyed that. And I think, that's you how you know, co-parent I, in that situation. I, yeah, but then there's part of me, it's like, all right, Pringle, you're sat there talking about how you, you don't want this long distance to family thing. and But then you moved from San Diego to Charleston. Like, right, right. Why not stay in San Diego if you want? Well, I think, didn't be- he talk about it was better for him, like, like emotionally and mental health for him to like move back? Because he I went mean, into it yeah. a little bit. And I mean, I don't know, like he's also moved closer to his family, which is obviously his support system. So, I mean, who knows? Like he definitely made it harder moving across the country and yeah, that is what it is. I mean, um, I don't know. I probably yeah. wouldn't no. move across the country away from my kid. Like I, I I'm not going to judge, but if right, you're going right. to whinge about the, the setup, yeah, you got to take responsibility made it a little for the fact that you made that setup happen. For sure. For sure. Um, but Pringle, his his drama this week doesn't end there because, of course, the Austin Madison Pringle love triangle continues. And this is when I fucking love Pringle. Like, yeah, I Austin stood next to Pringle. He might be seven inches taller than him, but he looks like a lost little boy next to Pringle. Yes. And Austin and is. Yeah. And I feel for Austin because Austin 100 percent is more in love with Madison than Madison is with him. Madison knows what she wants and is very clear about it. But I do take Craig's point that some of the texts that she sends to Austin make it confusing for him. And I like, I mean, I didn't think I would like it until I saw it in context. I like that Craig went and had that conversation with Madison because I think somebody needs to because Austin doesn't have the tools to do it and he will never, do you know what I'm saying? Like she thinks what she's doing is friendly and I like that Craig was very clear. Like, I know where it's coming from with you. It's coming from a friendly, good place. You're not trying to be a dick about it. But I'm going to tell you from his point of view, every one of those texts makes him think you want to get back together with him. I think you're right. And I think my initial view is like, he's not wrong. Craig's not wrong, but just stop getting fucking involved in everything. Like, it was an element of him wanting to be the big guy again. And that just made me want to punch him in the face. But you're right when we saw it in, I actually think he handled it really well. He struck the right tone. For sure. Um, I do not 
I'm with Pringle on the bro code thing, though. Oh, like, yeah. I, come on. I'm like, we cannot be in this in this place where somebody says to you, you cannot go out with it. Like, it's just ridiculous. I mean, let's look at statistics alone with how many girls these dudes have, like, slept with and been with in Charleston. That literally means nobody can move into Charleston and have any sort of relationship and be friends with you because you've slept I- with everybody. And I get that it would take some sort of sensitivity, but if Madison and Pringle fall in love, then fuck you, Austin. I'm sorry. That's what happens. Like, And also, as an adult, I'm going to pick maybe the love of my life that yeah. I'm right for over, like, some dude friendship. Yeah, Grow totally. Up. And I mean, it's it, it was embarrassing to watch, like, when he said, I've written it down, but it was said, Madison is off limits. It's like, Fuck dude. Off, dude, and Pringle's like, oh, God, I'm 43 and talking about bro code. It's so <laughs> embarrassing. And, and I, I think like, that's yeah. true. I mean, I loved the chat Patricia had with Austin where she's like, look, I'm all about love, but we also need to be practical. Like, you're not the, you're not the dude for her. You're not yeah. a grown-up. And I know you want to be. That's great. But you're not right now. And she's right. It's timing. You know, yeah. in 10 years' time, maybe. But it's not now. Madison, and she can't wait 10 years. She doesn't want to wait a kid. She's got a fucking child and he's got no idea what that means. He's got no idea what that means. He's got no idea the pressure, the responsibility, the fact that she's always, always, always going to choose that kid over any guy that walks through the door. He doesn't get the fucking grown up shit. No. And he's proven it time and time again. I mean, this COVID stuff was just the last straw. Like you didn't give a shit enough about her and her son to not go to the fucking bars and drink. You can fucking drink at home. We all do but it. But yet you, yeah, you hear him talking with Craig and it's like, I never did anything and da 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 yeah. It's like, take some response. This is why. Yeah. Even if you took the responsibility and didn't just get defensive when she's like, you're fucked up. Right. Um, you might still be in a relationship with her, but because you just can't get your little tiny prepubescent brain yeah. around the fucking grown up issues, you're out on your ear and you're exactly where you deserve to be. For sure. And and ultimately, they're both going to be better for it. Like, she's yeah. not the person for him either. Like, he needs to be with someone who doesn't need a grown-up. Yeah, exactly. There are those people out there. Austin, I mean, watch the show. It's called Southern Charm. And see <laughs> what your behaviors do. Just watch. I know. It's so, it's so crazy that they don't get it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's he like, will in 10 oh. years' time. When he's oh. chef's age and he's in therapy as well. And Madison's married to Pringle with like six gorgeous children. <laughs> right? Ouch. Oh, man. Um, well, listen, with that, that brings us to the end. How yes. was it for you, Reagan? It was good for me. It was good for good. me. I am so like, I will miss you these next two weeks, but I am quite excited to have a little bit of a vacation. It will be a first vacation all year for me. Yeah, of, but like, I think that we can still work. like hang oh, yeah. out on Zoom with wine. For sure. We absolutely can. I, my mom sent me this beautiful um, sugar-free sparkling rosé that I had to wait forever for um, upstairs the other day. So I'll toast nice. to you with that. We can drink and Perfect. Skype and Zoom. I have some pink sparkling as all well. That so we can oh, you do. Matchy, that's right. Matchy, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. Well, listen, that's us. It's now, we are like peace out for Christmas and Happy New Year. Happy holidays, guys. Happy, merry fucking Christmas. Yeah. Um, or Hanukkah, or anything else that you've Whatever got Whatever holiday on. you We're celebrate, here for everything. Fucking have a good um, time with it. Go have a, just go have a good time. Let your kids watch the TV. Take the pressure off. 
drink eat from all the noon. sugar <laughs> yeah eat all the sugar drink all the wine just do what you fucking want we've we've earned it this year Fuck yes we have these should be the best two weeks of the year they should go forth and enjoy and we will see you in 2021 but for now thank you for joining us and remember smart people watch reality tv too bye 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 Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Yeah.